Hello there guys and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week I'm joined once again by Tonya Todd. Now if you tuned in last week you will already know that Tonya came on the show and we spoke about superheroes a lot. This is part two of that very same chat and the conversation doesn't really change much there. We talk about superheroes in this chat and villains, the upcoming Marvel TV series, Star Wars and a few other things here and there. Um, there are spoilers for like Avengers Endgame and stuff but I would presume if you've already heard part one you would understand that. Uh, but just for clarity obviously if you haven't seen these films by now and you want to for some reason hear people talking about them at length uh, be warned there are some degree of spoilers. Tonya also came on Genuine Chit Chat on episode 97. That was kind of the same realm of theme in a lot of ways. We were talking about superhero things and movies and etc. However, we were talking about diversity and representation in episode 97. Um, we had so much fun there, we decided we wanted to do another podcast where we just chatted about the superhero stuff, but without the sort of political driving stuff behind it. Because although those things are important, it's not always as fun as it can be to talk about just superhero films without having to worry about all those things. So if you want to hear a more serious chat about superheroes and diversity, diversity and things like that check out episode 97 of genuine chit chat but if you just are happy to continue listening to the chat where we talk about superheroes and no other sort of political stuff this is the chat for you I'll include a link in the description to Tonya's website as well as some articles she wrote that we discussed in part one. And she also mentions a book called The Order of Time by Carlo Rovelli. Uh, I've written that in, in the show notes as well in case anyone wants to sort of take a look at that book as well. There's no promo today, but I will say that I was introduced to Tonya by the company Now Hear This. Um, on episode 99, I had a gentleman called Bruce Wozniak on. He is the creator and founder of Now Hear This, as well as the podcast Now Hear This Entertainment. Uh, he got me and Tonya introduced, as well as another guest that I should be recording with next week. Uh, so, you know, go check out Now Hear This Entertainment, the podcast and the company Now Hear This. I think that's relatively it for the intro for me, guys. Uh, make sure you follow on the usual social media places. Make sure you review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this because it really helps the show out. And share to people you like. Uh, maybe even share to people you don't like. I'm not really that fast. Just share to people who can listen to the show. Anyway, guys, I will be back at the end just to talk about what's coming up and all that usual jazz. So really hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. And what are your thoughts about the uh, upcoming the variety of series? With you know, you got I think One Division, uh, Loki, Falcon, and the Winter Soldier. There might be another one I'm forgetting. There is another one, and I don't remember what it is. Oh, it's What If, isn't it? That is a series. Yes, I hope that's the MCU What If. I feel like there. It is. There is definitely a what if series, and it. And so it, you, I'm. I'm curious about the Wanda Vision one. I mean, with the whole, are they going to dabble in the House of M aspect? You know, I don't know what they're going to do with her. Hmm. So I, I'm definitely going to watch all of these things. Okay. Yeah. I am excited for the the boys getting together. And, you know, they're they're both the sidekicks. Now they're going to have their own show together. <laughs> and they hate each other. And that's the best part. I will watch Respect, but... anything Loki, but same thing with Black Widow. I'm worried that they're going to weaken him by overexposing him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I love this version of Loki. But I think that some characters are stronger in smaller doses because you don't give away all of their secrets and all of 
their baggage. And this one has been really challenging to stay away from spoilers. It's like, I don't want to hear anything that's happening with the show. I want it to be a surprise. <laughs> but there are certain actors that I follow. And so finding out that, oh, she's cast in this. Like, oh, what is she going to do? I don't want to know. I don't want to know. <laughs> and then the added torture of lockdown, preventing them from finishing filming, like, what's going to change or when are they going to finish? Hmm. I I used to want them, you know, when they used to do the, what is it? It's like they used to do 10 minute films for Marvel, like a one-off or something like that. What, like the nineties or something? No, it was around the time that they, when did Iron Man come out? I believe it was 2005. <laughs> it was either 2005, or 2008. So then I guess it was in the, the 2000s that they used to do this stuff where they would have yeah. these 10 minute Marvel films. 2008. Oh, wow. Yeah, I guess it was yeah. then. And that's what I wanted to see for Loki is like these 10 minute films where you just get this small story, but it doesn't delve into all this stuff. And I don't want them to do a gratuitous romantic relationship with him. I think he's better without a romance. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to sap the power at, out of Loki's strength. Now, I would like to see a romantic element if it's Lady Loki, because Loki is, he is a bisexual character. They don't just don't reference it very much. And because he's a shapeshifter, he is is the ultimate gender fluid character. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. So I would be interested to see how the male version maybe reacts to someone the female version falls for. Oh, interesting. Because if he can switch back and forth and he has, it's just, that's one of the things that I might do is to like enter that element. And then, you know, if he's bisexual, he's bisexual when he's male and when he's female. So the love interest could be male or female. Mm. That doesn't matter to me, but I would like to see how both versions respond to this love interest when that love interest may not realize that's the same person, just in a different gender right now. That could be if they if they did that right. That could be very definitely a very intriguing thing to do. I mean, I haven't really looked into much about One Division, Loki, or uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. <clears throat> I haven't because I, I I'm like you in certain ways where I I try not to look at you know when they go oh 50 new photos have been released from set. So I don't want to see any of them. No, don't want to see it. <laughs> Like I want to see, I would normally see a trailer primarily of people talking about it a lot and specifically elements of the trailer. Like whenever a Star Wars film comes out, I have to watch the trailer because I genuinely get so much ruined from the trailer of people just talking about it. Mm-hmm. You know, whenever anything happens, it's like, oh, you Star Wars, did you see the Dark Ray thing? And I'm like, well, no, but she's not going to be Dark Ray, is she? It's just not going to happen because they wouldn't put it in the trailer otherwise. And now I already know that aspect of it. Right. I now have to watch the trailer to reaffirm my own. So it's annoying in that regard. So with with those three series, I'm not sure... I'm not even sure if I'm going to watch them, if I'm honest. Not, not out of, like, spite or anything like that, but it's more... There are so many shows at the moment and it's so hard to keep on top of my, you know, all the DC movies, the Marvel movies, the Star Wars movies, which are now, it's going to be a billion Star Wars series, which right. I'm happy about. But Star Wars for me takes precedent over almost everything else regarding consum- uh, consumption of media. Did you watch The Mandalorian? Yes, I did. Loved okay, it. so that's worth watching. 
and mm-hmm. it doesn't steal anything from the original series. Mm-hmm. That's what I think that Falcon and Winter Soldier that can be a great episodic show where they just go on adventures, where it's yes. not going to delve too much into their histories and re- and weaken their characters. I think that has the potential to be a wonderful episodic series. I feel like they're not going to go that route with Wanda and Vision and with Loki. But, you know, I'm staying away from spoilers. I have no idea what the storylines are going to be. Yeah, I don't know either. I've seen one screenshot of WandaVision. I won't say what it is for you, but I don't know. I've, from what I've heard, and I won't. I don't know any proper spoilers, so I won't tell you. I don't know any plot details or anything, but vaguely is just, I know WandaVision is going to be weird. That's all, that's all, that's a word. That's it's probably around. going to be a world she creates. That would be my guess, just based on her portrayals in the comics is that she goes mental and creates her own world to stay safe and make it happy for herself at, to the detriment of others. But she's going to be the protagonist in this. So I don't know how they're, what's the conflict going to be hmm. having to deal with reality. Yeah. I mean, one issue I, I've a, a flag issue that I've got is I don't want the series to take away from the MCU but I also don't want the opposite in a way. So to, to elaborate, it's like, you know, is this, there's the series Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I haven't watched um, personally. Have you seen the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I, I watched the beginning of it, and then I I stopped watching it. I've heard that from most people. And there's also Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Carter as well, which is set. That's uh, Steve, or Captain America's love interest, Peggy, I think. Right, Peggy think Carter. Yeah, I think it's her when she was an agent which you see in certain flashbacks i think you see it in captain america and ant-man i think you see her briefly it might be ant-man 2 or ant-man 1 you see some sort of flashback and that one i didn't watch because i didn't have access to it yeah and then i know ghost rider gets in at some point but i I haven't seen those before i've heard about them and people say they do kind of just trail off but there's so many episodes and there's so much filler that it's just too much content like i don't want a monster of the week i want I want there to be an overriding storyline with these episodes in it. But yes. the thing with Falcon and Winter Soldier, that I think could do well as just, that is the one that could do well as a Monster of the Week thing because we'd really just want to see these guys fighting. Yeah. And developing a friendship as they go along. Yeah, of course. My worry is that it depends how they play the characters involved in the MCU. If they just say, look, Loki, Wanda, um, and... Uh, Falcon Soldier, they're just not going to be in the next. Say there's another the next phase of the NCU. Say it's phases five, six, and seven for this next big arc, whatever that's going to be. If they said that none of those characters are even going to appear at all, either until the very last phase or at all, at all, mm-hmm. then I'd be okay with it. And what I don't want to happen is there be a film that comes out. Oh, that then, you you can't understand if you didn't watch yeah. the television but series. So I yeah exactly. But I also don't want the opposite, which is I don't want what Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I heard from a lot of fans of it, they basically said the problem is is that it, it built up a storyline and then something big would happen in the Avengers movie and it would the, the storyline wouldn't be able to continue in the way that I think the showrunners may have wanted initially. So they were always playing catch-up to the MCU because that's the big films. Mm-hmm. And there's essence of that in certain Star Wars content, but it's not too much. And I worry about that being... Because when you want to have this giant universe, you want everything interconnecting and stuff. But right, and you like, want it to fit... Yeah, but you don't want it to make it so 
tightly fit you have to read and consume everything to make things make sense but you also want things to be at a standalone and i think what the mcu has done is, in this regard is fine but i think agents of shield have suffered and i don't want falcon and winter soldiers to come into it and then them suddenly be completely different people and you'd be like who the heck why are they acting like this but right if, they, if they don't do that what they're married they when did that happen <laughs> that would be incredible <laughs> they've got a little kid as well they've adopted right oh. <laughs> But, you know, and I don't want I don't want the show to then be weakened by not being able to push the boundaries. The worry is nothing bad, truly bad, is ever going to happen to Falcon or Winter Soldier. Because in theory, right. and, unless they've already said we're not having them in the MCU at all for the foreseeable future, neither of them can die. And that is a big problem with prequels as well. Is that right. As soon as you do that, you just go, well, if they're ever in any danger and it's just the two of them, you know for a fact they're going to get out fine. That was part of the problem with Captain Marvel. It's like, we know yep. all these characters survive. Like, there's no tension. There's And she's overpowered. And, oh, the big problem is this overpowered character could have more power. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> but you're the, you're the biggest fan of Captain Marvel. How could you say that? <laughs> I had high hope, or I didn't have high hopes. I had very low expectations, but I there was that kindling of hope that please, please prove me wrong and make this a good film. And it doesn't matter how incredible the actors are. It just was not well written. It was not a good film. They had all this music in there that was after the time that they were doing. And if you realize that, you're not paying attention to the story. They put holes in the MCU. Like, that is not what happened with the Tesseract. That that negates other things that happened. And there's no explanation for it. Like, not possible, people. And then don't even get me started on Nick Fury's eye. <laughs> oh, I'm interested now. What is it because for the whole MCU, it's been such this buildup of uh, what could it be or there's mystery. Right, and it. it's just something that's so pathetic and silly. Like, oh, really... They, they, they're keeping that. They're keeping that, you know? No, no, no. <laughs> I thought it was going to get scratched and then it was going to heal up and then you, it was going to be something happened after the Captain Marvel stuff that made him get his eye and you still don't know. But, right. Yeah. It would have been better to just tease like you thought it was going to be this, but no, it wasn't. No, they gave you exactly what you, you thought it was going to be. There's no surprise. Good stories need surprises. Did you read any of... Uh, Captain Marvel comics like I'd never even heard of her until the end of Infinity War when I was with a mate and we watched the post credit scene and he was like oh that's Captain Marvel symbol and I was like who sorry and I had to look up who they were from the end of Infinity War so I had no so I had idea. seen her in cartoon versions first yeah. so animated versions and I didn't I wasn't a fan then it's like oh she just thinks she's so amazing <laughs> <laughs> And I, she's one of those characters you want someone to take down a peg, you know? Because at least Superman yeah. is nice. It makes him corny, yeah. but he's likable. You don't want bad things to happen to him because he's not walking around all arrogant like, I'm Superman. <laughs> Having said that, I love the dark side Superman. Like, he's hot. Because <laughs> he's not a goody-goody. <laughs> Rooting for the villains. Yeah, all, all the time. Of the, some of the villains are some of the best characters. I mean, it is one of those things, like Star Wars, one of the big reasons Star Wars, I think, was such a hit is because that's one of the most iconic villains of all time, right. which is Darth Vader. You've got Dark Knight. What's the first thing people say when you mention Dark Knight? I love the Joker in it, which they're not wrong. Right. But that is Thanos, you know, the reason that Infinity War is such an amazing movie is everyone, when we came out of the cinema, saw it, we were like, 
that film was half Avengers, half Thanos, and it's perfect. Really, it was that one was his film. Infinity War yeah. was his film. He was the protagonist, and he won. <laughs> that's a very good way for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That that's a very interesting way of framing it. Yeah, I mean, there's a subreddit called Thanos did nothing wrong, which is quite a funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did you see that Josh Brolin did a click for them? No, I they, didn't. They contacted Josh Brolin or someone did, or he caught wind of it, and he did this thing. It's l- last year, I think. Now, or, I, time. Right, time is just <laughs> yeah, ethereal. But essentially, they managed to get Josh Brolin, and he was uh, he just did like a little Snapchat video of him, and he said, "Okay, Reddit," and he clicked. And when they did that, they banned half of their subscribe, the followers on Reddit. <gasps> that is so cool. <laughs> and they said, they said they only did it to people who have either commented or posted. So it's if you're an active person, you have to be aware that you you could get banned. But I just thought that was so brilliant. It's one of those weird little yeah. niche internet things. And it's like, I love it. And Josh Brolin was so happy to do it as well. Right. It was great. Yeah, he he's a good sport. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what are we talking about? Uh we talk about villains and like, oh yeah, Captain Marvel. And I, I heard some rumblings. I can't remember if we spoke about this before, but I heard some rumblings that Brie Larson had some demands for Kevin Feige and the Marvel creative team, and that she got apparently all of her demands met for the next phase of the MCU. Which that has to be taken with a pinch of salt. I don't know what that could necessarily mean but i know a lot of what she wanted which this isn't necessarily a bad thing is a lot more equality mainly gender equality and things like that and once again obviously i'm i'm not a bigot i'm okay with that but what i worry is what's the term i think it's affirmative action almost where it's like you, you kind of skip a step instead of being like let's create these nuanced so i think we spoke about before a bit where it's like you know you want complex characters you don't want stereotypes because if you just bring in loads of stereotypes you'll be actually not helping at all right you're causing more damage yeah but i know that kept well I, I think from what i've heard once again um is that captain marvel's basically going to be the iron man of the next phase of the mcu so I had not heard that because when I see those headlines, I steer clear of them because I don't want spoilers about what's to come. Do you think that was that a spoiler for you? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I won't talk about it anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's it's more of a rumor than anything. But I think I understand the place where she's coming from, but since I don't know what the demands are, I can't have an opinion on them. Mm. No, I I don't have the I don't know what the demands are either. I, didn't, I mean, it I could just didn't. be I want more women and marginalized people behind the scenes it could be something like that and have nothing to do with the storylines yeah i mean if you don't know anything about this i'm not going to keep asking if you know things and spoil things i promise um (laughs) i will ask you if you and if you don't know about this i will not speak about any further do you know anything at all about the next thor film yes i know anything at all about it (laughs) i know well your your fans know that there's a spoiler warning right it's like I don't even want to say it. I don't want to spoil it for anybody. I know that Jane is supposed to be the next Thor. Mm-hmm. That that was a thing I thought, but I was like, I don't want to spoil it for you just in case. So it would. I mean, and I wonder how do you have a Thor movie without Loki? Well, how'd you have a Loki series without Loki? Well, that's because it's the version that went back in time. Is that actually what it is? That's my guess. He took off with the Tesseract. That opens up yeah. the door for him. Having like my guess is they're going to start with the version that took off in in Endgame, the one that grabbed the Tesseract and disappeared. Hmm. 
I did wonder about that, but I thought when I saw that bit, I was like, am I? I was like, either I'm dumb and I've missed something, or this is so complex it's gone straight over my head. And it was neither. It, it was a it was a different version of him. Well, obviously, multiverses in the comic book realm, multiverses, especially in the Marvel, uh, well, Marvel and DC, there's so many multiverses and things that that does alternate realities, alternate versions of themselves make sense. But I don't know how much ground of that they've gone into in the MCU, if at all. Well, if that is the first step. I don't know either. And it, I'm realizing, I don't know if this is just something I've made up. This is, this could just be something I've decided is the likely case because I avoid spoilers. I don't know what their plan is, but that's what makes sense to me is there's a Loki series. They killed him off. It must be the version that took off in one of those timelines. Hmm. Which means that anything there won't affect the current MCU because he's not part of this timeline anymore. Maybe. Yeah. Or maybe he will affect it and that will be part of the story that uh, you're affecting the current timeline and you can't do that because you're not supposed to be here. Who knows? Hmm. Oh, wouldn't it be funny if he has to go and then in his new timeline he has to go and do all the heroic things that the Avengers had to do because something he did caused such a massive ripple that he ends up it would destroy universe as you know it. Like, right. So he has to go back in time and do all these good things that he doesn't want to do <laughs> to make it so... Oh, that'd be incredible. I mean, well, I haven't looked at frequently the in the comics, he's the reason all these things go poorly and then he's the hero that saves it in the end because, well, I didn't mean for all this to happen. I just wanted this to happen. Because <laughs> as um, smart as he is, he's also impulsive. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm just like, yeah, because we've. I, I remember that scene in Endgame. The thing is, I, I love when time travel gets into things and it's done tastefully, but sometimes it. it, it caught, I know they do address it fairly standard in, in Endgame, but you get the whole paradox thing, you know, which is the standard. You know, once you go back in time to stop something happening, then that version of yourself could that thing wouldn't have happened and therefore that version of yourself could never have gone back in time to stop it in the first place right so then that's when it kind of does the multiverse thing where things start to kind of splinter off and split i think that's what hulk says in endgame it's like our version of thanos now we haven't got rid of the other version of thanos and it's i'm explaining it terribly this is what i mean i only vaguely understand it science well i understand science to a degree generally makes sense but when you get into woohoo science you know in time travel well. and <laughs> yeah i mean i love stars to bits but if you try and make sense of half the stuff that happens in it you're just gonna hurt yourself because no, it doesn't hyperspace doesn't make sense it, it just doesn't but it's a fun little thing to have in sci-fi movies it just makes sci-fi films cooler i am reading this book to i can't i want to get the name of it right that is about time and it's one of those things i added to my list and just started reading and then it was like wait a minute is this Fiction or nonfiction, because it's reading like nonfiction and what it's talking about is crazy. And it is a nonfiction book. Mm. It's called The Order of Time by Carlo Rebelli. The Order of Time. What's it about? Well, one of the things that's blowing my mind is the concept that time moves differently depending on your elevation. Yeah, I heard about that. I think if you... You explained it, sorry. <laughs> well, I can't explain it yet, and I'm not done with the book. I'm, I'm just at the beginning of it. But it's, you know, I thought I was just going to listen to some story in the background, and uh, no, 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 this is a, what? I need to take notes and pay attention and highlight this, and <laughs> I am in over my head. I didn't know that this was going to be a study book. 
And how is this going to make its way into my fiction somehow? Yeah, I think what I vaguely know about that, because I've I've read a few things about it, it's it's to do with gravity, I think. And it's with elevation. Because I, I, it's basically like if you if you fall into a black hole, then time works differently. Because I think the idea that space-time is an actual thing, space-time as one word is an actual thing, and it's something to, you know, time is affected by gravity in some ways and other things. Right, and that and then, you would age more more quickly at a different that at a higher elevation than you would at a lower elevation. It's just yeah. that means that two people born in the same spot, you know, like twins, could move and be different ages when they meet up again. Yeah, and I'm pretty certain there's something even like if you take a, I think if you take like a pocket watch and I think if you go to like um, whatever the sea level is, you know, you go to sea level mm-hmm. and then you go to the top of a mountain with both the watches and I, I can't, the t- it's it's some amount of milliseconds over days, I think the difference is, but it's something like over like a decade, the, the times would actually be out of sync by a certain amount of seconds. It's it's really weird and it's just one of those phenomenons that people <laughs> in that right. book are trying to explain. <laughs> people far smarter than i mean i i can't even remember like you know i couldn't remember the name of more than one actor in the batman and more than two actors in the batman trailer <laughs> so try to wrap my head around space time and age elevation and all these sorts of other you didn't do things. too it's badly just... <laughs> the problem is with me is i have how is it defined uh an approximate knowledge of most things so i can have a conversation on most things by someone being the expert and then me being able to bounce questions off by having an understanding enough to keep things going but as soon as i get asked what what is your opinion on like what do you know about black holes it's like i don't bloody know if i talk to someone who knows about black holes i could have a conversation with them but if you ask me what i know it's like fuck all you can't see them we're not really sure they exist but there's evidence that they do exist i don't know peripheral tiny drips of information right that's how faith works <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, I did go. I went to a Catholic school for my first ten years of my life, and that was. If anything steered me away from religion quicker, it was. I don't know what it was. It was just ten years of that, and then I was like, it took me years to kind of almost loop back around. I'm not a religious individual, but I. I asked, That's because you don't have a Batman Returns that was made just for you. That is true. I mean, you know, I'm trying to think if there was anything. They haven't made a Star Wars for me just yet. Not quite. What would be in really... your perfect Star Wars? Well, um, a really long lightsaber battle. I was hoping that in Rise of Skywalker we'd have our the best lightsaber fight ever, but we just didn't get it, which upset me dearly. Um, so I'd probably say, you know, like a 15-minute lightsaber battle, but with no CGI, like actual... Like in Revenge of the Sith, when Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen are fighting and it's done in real time, <laughs> you can watch the behind the scenes and they've actually got these pointy sticks and hitting them with each other Dixie fast and it's cut really well you were my minutes. brother <laughs> well yeah i mean i do love that film <laughs> so even those bits uh there are ve- definitely flaws i can't say i love attack of the clones as much as i love revenge of the sith but i think that there would have to be a that wasn't an attack that was letting you know i know that moment I no I, i'm not saying you're attacking me it's okay i don't want to come across as defensive when i talk about prequels i'm just always ready to go yeah but um it, uh, that is what that is one of my favourite scenes in any movie ever is when that whole scene of Mustafar from um, Padme getting off the ship and talking to Anakin all the way to the end when Obi-Wan leaves him just burning on the pile that mm-hmm. whole sequence is just love it so I'd, I for me the perfect style film it would be 
a really big lightsaber battle. I I, I keep saying battle fight. Um, I absolutely love when films get dark. And Revenge of the Sith for me is the darkest of the Star Wars films. Obviously, he kills children, so it's pretty dark. I know within um, ten seconds. Like, how is that your first move? <laughs> I know it, it's mental. His uh, first move should have been to kill Jar Jar. That would have just pleased all the fans. It would have been the right move to make for the character, and it wouldn't have been like, wait, he took the dark side oath and killed children, like, first? Like, he didn't even yeah. have any qualms about it? No, it's just, Sid- oh, Sidious told me to go and take- show no mercy. Okay, so I'll hunt down and kill children. So you probably could have left the clones to do that, let's be fair. Right. There's some unarmed eight-year-olds in a room. Do you ever watch but- Robot Chicken? I keep meaning to because it gets referenced so often. Well, it's it's like hilarious a, and it's for nerds. And yep. there's this one moment where they they have Anakin come back and say, I killed all the younglings and Palpatine's like, What? What? They were children. <laughs> like you kill you killed them? They were young. We could have trained them to be on the dark side. Like, what were you thinking? Oh, that's amazing. I keep hearing uh, Robot Chicken get referenced and I keep meaning to watch it, but it's just... I, I think I'm going to get... Most things I watch now I have to watch with Megan because you know, we live together and we're dating, so that's kind of life. Um, but it's like if you live together, watching. I think you're beyond the dating point. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, dating is... Well, we're boyfriend and girlfriend. We've been dating for like two years, but you know, it's basically... We're, we're in between dating and engaged because we're not engaged or anything like that. So it's just... I don't know. Why is that, Mike? Why is that? Because we don't have a house yet. She knows the answer. There's nothing I've said to her. As soon as we get a house, like, we're saving up. Once we get a house, then dogs and babies and weddings, all that other jazz, that that will then come more to the forefront. It's like, we need to save money, get a house and buy one because we're just living in a rented flat at the moment. I said, once we've bought a house, once we are living in the house, free game everything else. So she knows. Sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but you just left yourself open for it. (laughs) Oh, no, it's fine. Unfortunately, one of my biggest problems is I have an answer for almost everything, which (laughs) which, uh, some rehearse, some not. But that one is... Okay, I have a question for you. Go. Who's the latest Catwoman? The latest Catwoman was Zoe Kravitz, if that counts. It does. I just want to see if you remembered. (laughs) Yeah, technically it's it's, uh, Anne Hathaway, if we're being specific, because the... Because the movie hasn't come out yet. So, or if you want to get really, really specific, I'm pretty sure that the Catwoman in Arkham Knight or Arkham City, I think that game came out after Dark Knight Rises. So it would actually be that one. I'm certain it did come out after that. Yeah, I'm pretty certain that Asylum came out between Begins and Dark Knight. And I think City came out after all three. Because I think Arkham Knight only came out recently. Anyway, so I did remember. And I'm going to remember that forever now. That's one of those things <laughs> with me, is that as soon as I put on the spot about something, and then I remember it, that's it. I'll remember it forever. Don't you worry. We do a podcast like 10 years, and you can ask me. You can right. Like, What's the Catwoman reference? And I'd be like, Zoe Kravitz. There'd be 50 <laughs> Catwomen by then. Maybe right. the multiverse will have opened up, and we'll have hundreds of different Catwomen. Michelle Pfeiffer will come back. You'll have all of them. Well, that'd be a good film, wouldn't it? To open up the multiverse. Well, Potentially. I mean, they, they had an opportunity to make an excellent Catwoman film and they decided, nah, let's go with Cat Hooker instead. <laughs> <laughs> and lots of basketball. Well, um, with the DC movies I've heard that 
you know, one of the big th- issues with DC was that they made the Arrowverse, I think it's called now. So there was the Arrow and the Flash and uh, Supergirl, League of Tomorrow. And I think there's something else that I'm forgetting. I haven't seen any of them. Um, but that came out. And then, Arrow is oh, the best live action Batman television series you'll ever watch. I've heard it's good, but I'm probably bluntly never going to watch it because it's far too many episodes of far too many seasons. That well, sounds the like problem a is they're taking say. Batman stories and making them Oliver Queen stories. Oh, so they're using original content from Batman and just pushing it's it. It's like, what if it happened to Oliver Queen instead? Like, it's really awesome, but it's Oliver. It's not Bruce Wayne. Like, <laughs> I realize they have a lot of parallels with their upbringing and, you know, they, they're both incredibly wealthy and charming and maybe don't have the best history with women but oliver queen has his own stories you should have stuck with those yeah well i've heard now what they've said is basically because they i think they're initially going to make it all canon kind of like marvel have done you know all the netflix marvel shows are canon into uh, the mcu and things and it's like because dc didn't do that and then obviously they've got the nolan verse and then you've got you, you've got the nolan verse which is just the three uh, nolan batman films and then you've got obviously the other Batman films came before that, which aren't connected to anything. And then you've got the games and the com- and then the Arrowverse. There's so many. And then they make Joker and they're like, oh no, Joker's nothing to do with any of them. And then now they're probably going to wreck on that and somehow get involved with everything else. They've actually said at the recent DC fandom thing that there, there are, each of those things are in their own canon, but they are in their own universes. And I'm pretty certain they named them now. So I think that I'm hoping what could happen is down the line there could be some sort of crazy crossover event. Which Well, I'm here for it. Cool. Yes, yeah, so that's gonna be made for you, the Catwoman crossover event. There's <laughs> every Catwoman to make up for the damage that the Halle Berry. You know, the did. problem was I was excited about the idea of Halle Berry, this beautiful, talented actress playing Catwoman. And then that movie happened. <laughs> yeah, it became the greatest superhero movie of all time. Really? What's your favorite scene? The basketball scene with like 58 I cuts in it. Don't even know what you're talking about because I haven't watched it. <laughs> I haven't watched it either. Is there a basketball scene really? Yeah, I watched this um, as YouTubers. There's honest trailers of things, which if it's a film I've never, I'm never going to watch, I'll watch it. Otherwise, I normally only watch them when I've seen the film. But there's also a channel called Cinema Sins that does everything wrong with yeah. you know, films. I'm very well versed with both of those. <laughs> Yeah, so am I. Uh, so if there's a film that I'm never going to watch and I have no... I'm never going to watch it um, like Catwoman, I'll often watch the everything wrong with so I have a vague idea of the film, enough to talk to people about it and normally agree with the critiques they have without actually watching it. <laughs> and that's... Catwoman's one of those. So I just so know... The, the Batman and Robin film, I've never seen it, but I did watch Chris Stuckman's review of it, which is on point <laughs> and it's everything i need to know i already knew i didn't want to watch it but because i knew he was going to tear this movie apart i was like i'll sit through that i can sit through 20 minutes of him destroying the movie <laughs> instead of an exactly. hour and a half of watching it yeah precisely i mean it's one of the things um i'm, I'm devastated they have not yet released a cat's Everything on Cats yet. I'm, I'm genuinely devastated. I've been waiting for it since I've seen Cats. And see, I don't even know that I could sit through 20 minutes of what's wrong with it because, no, that just looked awful. You, you didn't manage to watch any of it? No. Um, even even as a cat lover, as a cat woman, it was, I cannot do that to myself. Well, I, the, I saw the whole film in the cinema in its entirety. and Why? 
because I love my girlfriend too much, clearly. She hated it. She thought it was one of the worst films she's ever seen in her life. But what happened was her and her, her, her and her mum love musicals and I've been trying to get more into musicals because before meeting her, I wasn't really into them. So we've been watching loads of musicals and stuff. And Cats is a film that she watched a lot when she was younger. Watched the, the DVD mm-hmm. standard on stage version. Um, and her mum loved it as well. And so when the Cats movie got announced, before all the bad press hit it, we all agreed we'd go see it together. We often will go see a film with her her mum if her mum wants to see, take her mum to the cinema and stuff. And so we went and saw Cats as a treat and it got about 25 minutes in and then me and Megan were just like, how how is this film this bad? And then Megan said to me, if we weren't here with my mum, we, we would, we would leave. Now. Yeah. <laughs> but we couldn't leave her mum there. Like so how do you have Judy Dench and Idris Elba in a movie and it's terrible? <laughs> I know. And it's just... And then I was like, I was like, oh, well, Jason Derulo, I hate him, but he's an artist. Surely he can make some sort of vague music. And then it's like, oh, his is the worst part. Second worst part. That film is one of those films, like, it, it's so bad that there's films like The Room that are hilarious because they're so bad, it's funny. And there's other films that are just atrocious, but kind of fun to watch because they're so silly. Mm-hmm. Cats is is actually beyond that it's so bad it's not even a joke anymore it, it's beyond even being able to make a joke about it like people have said to me they're like oh have you seen cats and i go yeah, yeah. and they go how bad is it like it's probably the worst i've ever seen in my life bar probably one and they go oh shall i watch it for a joke and i go no, no. <laughs> don't even i was like it's not even funny that's the problem it's not it's not ha, ha, this is so shit it's like this is atrocious and it's all musical and I'm not don't put anyway. this in your head like don't do this to your soul <laughs> what's the other movie that you think might be worse it's called fear.com um and it's a horror film it's got like th- three or seven percent of rotten tomatoes and it's got oh it's got the guy who played deacon frost in the first blade film mm-hmm. he's i think he's a detective in it i'm pretty certain that lena Headey, uh who plays i know um, who she is <laughs> yeah it was more for the listeners but i was oh, sorry <laughs> There you go. I know you do. You know, there are other people listening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot. We're just okay. we're just in the middle of this chat. I forgot that this was for I listeners. <laughs> it's only certain actors, you know, if I say, you know, Chris Hemsworth, that doesn't need clarification or in context, but her name is a weird one where even the biggest Game of Thrones fans sometimes don't even know who you're talking about. Um, but yeah, she's in it. And so is Stephen Rea, who I've only seen him in V for Vendetta, ironically playing a detective. Uh, and he's a baddie in fear.com and me and the guys watched it knowing it was going to be bad and we watched about 15 minutes of it and it was so awful we couldn't even finish it and that's rare for me we skipped to the end and watched the last 10 minutes we thought maybe the end is just not quite as bad and it's just even worse it just deteriorates as it goes on the the oh (laughs) it upsets me even thinking about i've spent any time watching that film that's another one i think the third worst film i've made is probably hulk (laughs) <laughs> the OG 2003 Eric Banner it was pretty bad oh it was awful that was the only film in, I've ever so you must not have watched Sharknado <laughs> I haven't yet no I want to but that's like Sharknado knows it's bad Hulk was trying to be good same as Captain right Fiddle yeah one. that's the difference is Hulk was trying to be good yeah and it was it was the and, only film and then they thought the cinema. Hulk dogs like let's let's try I that Hulk, Hulk that's towns. the part I walked out at that is genuinely when that happened i remember because i was with my mum because this was i was like a kid then i was 10 or something uh around that age and i watched hulk and i was like i was with my mum and 
and she was like, this is quite, she obviously knew it was quite bad, but I was a young kid, so obviously kids often love crap stuff. And she was, she, and she whispered to me, and she was like, are you enjoying this? And I was like, no, this sucks. And she was like, we can leave if you want. I was like, can we? And I got, we just left. And I bought it from, um, there's a shop here in England called CEX. It's just computer exchange. It's just cheap DVDs. You tra- trade it. You get a quid for them and they sell it for three quid. It's very much like that. And they've just got DVDs everywhere. And I remember going in there. Uh, I went for a phase of going in there every weekend and buying far too many DVDs. And I remember seeing Hulk in there for 25p. and No, I think it's 10p actually, which is the cheapest DVD in their whole shop. And I was like, I remember this being terrible. Can't be as bad as I thought. And I watched the whole thing, and I can tell you, it it's was. worse. It's worse. It gets from the dog bit. It actually manages to get worse, and I just don't even. I don't even know how it happened. It's bad know. CGI and bad, just bad decisions all around. And Eric Bana was good. Like he's a good actor. I liked him, but it, he couldn't save the movie. <laughs> nothing good. I don't think. Uh, uh, nothing. But it's funny because around that era, you've got you know Spider Man came out, and, you're, and that's held as one of the best superhero films. Uh, made and it's cracking and then you've got Elektra and Daredevil and Hulk and I I didn't mind Daredevil but I haven't watched it in a very long time but it's not good you know and Elektra was that was one of those films that pissed me off where she stabs someone and pulls the blade out and it's clean and you're like what I know you're trying to and and it's Elektra she's not she's not fluffy (laughs) no she she's badass, and then they fortunately made her you know, cooler because they brought her into the the MCU canon Daredevil series. But it's like, oh, those films, the the golden age, like the two, early two thousand superhero films. Did you watch those Netflix films, or not films, but the shows? Uh, most of them. I've seen Daredevil series one and two, Punisher series one, Defenders, part of Iron Fist, but I stopped that. It was horrendous. That was the worst and of them. Jessica Jones series one I, and Luke Cage series I watched series one of all of them I should have just said that it's much easier I saw, saw series one of all of them uh, except Iron Fist I couldn't finish and then I watched Defenders series two of Daredevil but I haven't seen series two of Luke Cage series three of Daredevil and I couldn't get through series two of Jessica Jones what about you? <laughs> I, I saw all of it I watched all of it and some of it is just alright I have to power through this so that I can watch Defenders, you know. <laughs> yeah. But I enjoyed all of them to some degree, except Iron Fist. Yeah. That was just terrible. That was terrible. The fight yeah. scene should have been the best part of that. And they were just yeah. really, really bad. And I don't blame the actors. From what I read, they would get the information the day of filming. You know, like, how are you going to prepare for a fight when you have 15 minutes to set up for this fight? Like, Badly. They set them up to fail, so I I feel badly for them, but overall, it was just seriously, okay, I need to power through this because I want to watch Defenders and I want to understand what is happening. I enjoyed yeah. Defenders. I loved Daredevil. Like, I, I loved watching the filming in that, like, just watching the one-take fight shots. Oh, yes. uh, one-take, one-shots are my favorite thing. In, in media right it's it's worth watching it just for that just for i think for series two yeah in series two when he's with punisher and it's the stairway where i think yes him punisher have a fight and then they're just going down the stairs and the camera just turning and you're just watching the whole thing it's it's so well done and it's one of the things the, the mcu movies are lacking in and so much i love a lot of the action scenes it annoys me in a lot of the captain america ones where it's like aim for the punch cut as it 
as it's about to connect and then cut right. and then cut and then cut and it's like just have a couple of people who are trained martial artists yeah you can have you know, Stephen Rogers kind of have his back to the camera or whatever but have it so that it's at least more than one second between cuts because it, it just it gets too much whereas you get Daredevil and you get a one shot and you just get there's a film called The Raid 2 and that has one of the coolest one shots ever in it um, The Raid is just have you ever heard of The Raid? No they're Korean martial arts films directed by a Welshman and I think they got pretty high reviews as well The Raid and The Raid 2 the plot is very thin um, but the guy but it's fun to watch oh yeah the, the well, funny enough the two guys in the first Raid are actually in Star Wars as little cameo but um, it's I, Iku Iko the, the, the main guy in it he's like a trained martial artist so he's actually all the people in the film are actual martial artists. So when they're doing fights, it, they're realistic fight scenes and they don't cut because they pull their punches slightly or mm-hmm. they do make impact. And there's one scene in one of the films, I think it's in a prison yard or something, and the, the camera's just there. And it's there for, I think it's like five or six minutes of just people fighting with no cutting at love all. love that. So I assume you watched Old Boy, right? Yes, I love Old Boy. So the hammer scene, <laughs> like the hammer fight. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that scene, I'm pretty certain, influenced what happens in in the raid. Oh, really? That, that scene where he gets out the door and it's just a corridor full of people. Um, that I'm pretty sure sure is a very big influence for the raid because that's that's exactly what I was thinking of when I thought of the raid. Both in my mind was parallel was the raid and that old boy scene. Obviously, the original old boy. I've only seen the original. I didn't see the Americanized version. No, I didn't bother. I didn't need to. <laughs> There's no need for that, is there? All these silly remakes just. The old boy is a classic it's such a good amazing film you don't need to remake it what you should do okay special trick here make a, a hd version of it and release it on the cinema again make another trailer maybe and just tell people it's out and you'll get loads of money for that because people like me or you will be like yeah i'll go see old boy in the cinema again. Right. What a film and you take your mates who haven't seen it instead of spending hundreds of millions on a remake no one has ever exactly asked for it. it's all profit at that point <laughs> Exactly. People need to listen to me more when it comes to filmmaking. Some <laughs> millennial in in England. That's that's what they need to do. Um, but yeah, oh, I realise that I, it's getting towards the end now, so I, I'll leave momentarily. Uh, you're very generous with your time. Um, but I was going to say the Star Wars film. Uh, I was going to say my ideal Star Wars film: big lightsaber battle, fun droid companion, probably a sassy one like. Uh, like C-3PO, but better. You know, K2SO probably from Rogue One is pretty on point. Uh, darkness to it, so probably a character going evil. I love that sort of thing. Or mm-hmm. evil character going good, either or. But also getting re- more in-depth about the Force. Like, just weirdness. Like In the in the series and the comics and stuff, it goes into weirdness of the Force and all kinds of craziness. And I just like that. I, I like pushing the boat out and getting crazy with things rather than just sticking with what's safe all the time. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather a film took wild risks like that's one of the things i appreciate i suppose about the prequels more than the sequels is that the sequels are all quite safe except last jedi but the seven and eight are quite safe and they're fun but yeah whereas i find the prequels took a lot more risks and although jar jar was a horrendous risk and no one should ever take that again i feel like <laughs> the payoff at the end of Revenge of the sith for me is worth all the crap from the other films even the horrendous, horrendous love scenes in episode two between anakin and padme that when i was a kid i used to skip through and had it on VHS tape, but just none of that, no love, just space wizards. So even the sight of Natalie Portman in that dress, you would skip it just because the dialogue was boring. <laughs> well, the dress itself. This when I was a certain age, before I even really understood 
why Natalie Portman was attractive, I would skip all those scenes. When I understood the form of a woman, uh, I would then skip the scenes up to the part where she's in Geonosis because she wears that white top thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can't remember who told me this. I don't think this... I'm sure this can't be true, but it might be. Apparently, she didn't wear a bra in that scene because George Lucas said that there's no bras in space, which I'm sure he didn't say that. Yeah, like, I doubt oh, that. I'm so... Because surely if he did say that, that would now be some sort of outrage culture thing. I mean, even then, it would be... It's not really the right thing to I've say. I've never heard that. And I don't... I, I, so I, really, I don't remember if she was wearing a bra in that scene. <laughs> I do, and she wasn't, but... You know, it's that isn't. I don't want to clarify. We sound like such a little perv when I was younger. Souls for me, for full clarity, for anyone who doesn't know, I have no feelings of arousal to any part of Star Wars. To me, it's like even Princess Leia in the bikini. When I watched that, I was so young. I was like, oh, it's a lady who's badass with a giant slug. That my brain just didn't. <laughs> you know, I recognise that Natalie Portman and uh, Carrie Fisher and Daisy Ridley are all very attractive. For me, styles it's it's so separate. From... It's not about the sexiness. No, well, same with the MCU. I mean, Scarlett Johansson is one of my biggest female crushes ever, and I think that she's unbelievably stunning. But I think she's one of the most sexy when she actually wears suits. But like I've seen, if she has a suit on, ooh, kills me. But in when I see her in Black Widow and loads of tight stuff, I'm like, yeah, she looks cool. But that's Black Widow. Okay, she's badass. Yeah. So, so I've got that weird disconnect. I'm not saying I do it with all. I don't know. There's every like, once in a while you get a shot of her from behind, and it's like I don't know if that was intentional, but it got my attention. <laughs> <laughs> the, the way I would describe it always a lot of the time is when I see, when I see Black Widow from behind, I'm I'm never like that shouldn't be in it. How And I'm not I'm just talking like, about her behind. I'm talking about her shape. Her, you know, just whole, the whole hourglass yeah. of mm-hmm. her in the outfit from behind. I just realized it could sound like I'm just talking about her, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Um, no, I think she has an excellent ass. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I no, was referencing the whole behind view. Package. Yeah. I, when I, I've said it before because I remember when Megan Fox was like, uh, everyone was obsessed with her being in everything. And when Jennifer's body came out and there's, I think she's not, I haven't seen it, but she's in her lingerie a lot and that sort of stuff. And I remember this is when I was a teenager and a lot of the guys were like, oh my God, have you seen Jennifer's body? You know, Megan Fox is on it, blah, blah, blah. And I've, and I've always kind of had this mindset and it makes it sound like such a tool saying it, but it's like, I watch films for them to be good. Like there's there's something called the internet and you could find many naked right. pictures online. If I wanted to what, see a woman who looked like Megan Fox naked, I would I would just go do that. Like, what, like my idea of eye candy in a movie is great cinematography, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, but on the same token, I'm never going to complain you know, if I saw a scene where Scarlett Johansson is uh, undressing and she's in lingerie, I'm never going to complain about that being in a film because I'm a heterosexual man. So seeing that makes me happy. But I'm not going to watch a film for that. Whether or not that part is in the film is irrelevant, you know? It's not what draws yeah. you there, but that doesn't mean you don't appreciate it when you see it. Yeah, 100%. Like, I'm very happy that she is Black Widow because she's a very attractive and sexy woman. And that's obviously black part of Black Widow's appeal is because she can trick guys you know she can be that spy she can be the red sparrow almost i think it's the term is like russian sleeper agent who mm-hmm. sleeps with men and then kills them whatever so uh, i do appreciate that but it, it's, it's not a big deal for me but we'll, we'll wrap up now because it, you've been very generous with your time are there any final thoughts before we close this up no this has been really fun and a nice break from all the the negativity in the world i enjoy just chatting about movies that make me happy <laughs> 
Well, that's good. Yeah. And apart from my atrocious hosting, which I'm sure when we next chat, I'll be a lot better uh, with. Oh, he assumes there'll be a next chat. Oh, <laughs> shots fired. When you when you when you're a big star, I'll I'll say I'll shit talk you on the internet. That's what I'll do. I'll record this part and I'll be like, ah, Tonya told you, you don't know. And I will write the most awesome Star Wars scene and not invite you to the premiere. <laughs> <laughs> that would absolutely destroy me. I would never do that. <laughs> Good. I'm never going to. Uh, yeah. Or I'll invite uh, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> just invite her and then she just goes off. It's like, oh yeah, I'm going to get to meet all the people. Somehow Mark Hamill's still alive. Go meet him. It's like, no, the please. best would be to write this awesome scene with this 15 minute fight scene and then have them break out into song. <laughs> <laughs> they break out and then the crossover, cats come into it. And then it's... Oh. <laughs> but yeah, don't, I just want to clarify, don't ever watch cats. I mean... I have no intention it's, it's, of doing it's so. It's not worth the two hours. It's, it's genuinely not. As much as I love Judy Dench, and I, I would have said I'll watch her in anything, probably not this. No, don't do that. But um, yeah, I mean, we'll definitely have to do this again sometime. Next time, I'll um, I'll have maybe a bit more plans and notes and stuff. But yeah, well, let's have a structure and decide what movies ahead of time. <laughs> I did have a vague idea before we started, um, but I kind of I don't know. Some sometimes it's it's fun. I, I had a nice compliment a little while ago, and someone said to me, "One of the things they like the most about my podcast is that I'll have a couple of footnotes. But if people go on tangents, I don't rein them in that much, which is." A nice compliment. Obviously, certain interviews, I have there has to be subject matter, but ones where I'm more familiar with another individual, it it's a lot easier for me to just, you know, back and forth and but stuff. But that's what but, makes it genuine chit chat. Is that it's not a structured conversation. It's let's just see where this this leads. Exactly, and there's some of the and my most most of my most fun conversations are ones where I don't really plan much. I just chat with someone who's cool. So that's what today was. <laughs> so thank you so much uh, for coming on once again. Uh, what I'll do is I'll include a link um, the blog post that I didn't read. I'll put them in the show notes. I've made a note about that, so everyone else can read them. Um, okay, and for the record, don't report me for using photos that I don't own because it was before I started learning about blogging and all of that. <laughs> <laughs> okay so that's that's the disclaimer that's you got to make sure guys uh support tonya todd she's brilliant and i've put a note as well the order of time the book as well so i'll put that in the show notes as well uh, but aside from that it's been a pleasure and we'll stop this conversation now thank you and that's the end of the podcast Thanks as always for tuning in, guys. As I said in the intro, be sure to check out Tonya's website in the description and check out episode 97 of Genuine Chit Chat, where Tonya and I had a more politically fueled superhero discussion. Me and Tonya have also discussed her coming on the show again. It won't be quite as quick as it was last time, because obviously this is episode 101, and when she was on it was 97, so it was a pretty short space of time and things. Uh, but we have got plans to come on again and maybe have Megan in the show as well, so we'll kind of go from there. But just so you know, this isn't the last that you've heard of Tonya Todd on this show. Coming up, I have got a podcast recorded with a gentleman called Jared Speed that I'm very excited to release. Uh, I spoke with him on Monday. I went over his house and he's an absolutely very gracious host. And he's got a couple of dogs that were quite cute as well. And he's a very, very interesting individual. I was meant to do a podcast with him at the start or more close to the start of the year. But because of lockdown, we end up rescheduling and then the weather was horrendous and we didn't want there to be like a storm or loads of wind going while we were recording and things. Uh, so we just postponed it until we were both happy with it. And we had a really, 
really good chat. I'm definitely going to have him on again. And he basically owns a float lab, uh, which if anyone listens to Joe Rogan, you'll know what a float lab is. Essentially, there's flotation tanks, also called isolation tanks. You go in a body of salt water, uh, it adjusts to your sort of general temperature. You, the pod closes, so you can't see anything, you can't hear anything, you can't almost feel anything, and you have this incredible, relaxing experience. We speak about it quite a lot on the podcast. Um, it may be the next one I release, or it might be one after that. Uh, because I do have a podcast recording with a gentleman who I was connected to via Bruce Wozniak of Now Hear This, who's the same individual who uh, introduced me to Tonya Todd. And this individual is an author, and we've had to reschedule a couple of times due to scheduling issues, essentially, nothing bad. Uh, and so I'm hoping he's going to be on the show on Wednesday coming. So I believe that he's promoting something. So if that is the case, then I'll probably have his episode release first, and then I'll probably have Jared Speed's episode release as well. I do still have those two episodes recorded, the one with Janine Mercer and the one with Scott Weatherly of 20th Century Geek, Janine Mercer being of the Odd Entity podcast. I'm going to release them at some point, but neither Scott or Janine are really uh, fussed about when they're going to get released. There's no pressure in that regard, so I'll release them when, or as and when, essentially. They're the ones I've got due for recording. Um, Also, there's a new show called Comics on Trial, which is airing on the Comics in Motion feed, which is where my Star Wars podcast is found. And that's basically a new format, which is there's a prosecutor, there's a defendant, and there's a the judge essentially and it's just three people discussing uh, a film or some sort of event or something like that uh, in the comic realm the first one released was tony farina uh, chris phelps and dave horrocks uh, and they're basically chris and dave of comics emotion and tony has been on the show before and is of indie comic spotlight they were talking about the 2003 film hulk which i remain is one of the worst films ever made ever in fact i spoke about it in this podcast and essentially tony was defending it Chris was trying to prosecute and Dave was like the decider and I'm going to be on on Monday which is when I'm recording it I don't know when it's going to be released specifically but I think it'll be in the next couple of weeks uh, that I'm going to be defending Star Wars The Phantom Menace which is quite a hard push for someone who loves Star Wars as much as I do and I do genuinely enjoy Phantom Menace it is a very very flawed film so it's going to be quite a hard one to defend but we shall see how that all goes so that's what I've got due for recording over the coming times and I've also got a chat with Goff of Beer Nuts Productions he's been on the show like three times before he's a blind filmmaker from Australia and he's a lot of fun to chat with so I think that's being recorded on Saturday so his episode will probably be released um, around the same sort of time that Jared Speeds will as will uh, the upcoming one I've got next week too so that's what you can kind of look forward to. I've got, once I've recorded with Goff and with the other gentleman next week, it means that I should, in theory, have enough to last me like two and a half plus months. So quite a lot of things there on the sort of pipeline and whatever and collaborations and that sort of jazz as well. Uh, so that's basically what you can look forward to for genuine chit chat. Now, the last thing I want to speak about, apart from saying to all of you, you know, follow on social media at Genuine Chit Chat, review on iTunes, all that usual jazz, and share because word of mouth is so helpful to this show, and I really appreciate it when people do share it to other people. The back catalogue has got so many things in there, so many different guests, so many different subjects spoken about that you're bound to find someone who's going to find something enjoyable in it. So be sure to show people, especially if people aren't really into podcasts and they kind of want a way in. I like to think that my show is quite a good doorway, especially because a lot of the people I speak to are also podcasters, so it can kind of help the podcasting portfolio. But that's all I'm going to say in that regard. 
The last thing to talk about is what I speak at the end of each of these episodes, which is my second podcast, Star Wars Comics in Canon. It is on the feed of Comics in Motion, as I previously stated when I was talking about comics on trial. I've done regular collaborations with Comics in Motion, and there's going to be many more in the future, no doubt. And essentially, I just did my 25th episode. It was a Q&A episode, so a question and answer episode. I answered, sort of, audience, maybe some of you guys who listen to this show also listen to that, and if any of you send me questions, I do really appreciate it. And essentially, I answer questions about what comics I think are good for beginners, what I believe should be good from the comics to go on big screen, what things that are in the Star Wars universe that I'd like the comic treatment, uh, some of my favourite things with the comics uh, to do with the... I also spoke about the animated series for Star Wars, Resistance, Rebels, and Clone Wars, and which are the best ones to talk about that. Lots of sort of those sort of questions. So even if you're not that into Star Wars, the questions I answer are kind of to do that it's quite a good introduction in a lot of ways actually so if you're interested by that go check that out and the other episodes are basically each week i venture into a different comic it's either going to be a volume of a longer run of comics or it's a mini series or it's a one shot i've done ones about chewbacca and i talk about his family and stuff his little son lumpy lumpy lumpawaru is his son's name which is adorable uh there's also the han solo princess leia and lando comics there's there's loads of them there's darth maul there's kylo ren there's lots of them have got mini-series and there's a lot of main runs like Darth Vader and the main run of Star Wars comics which are set between episodes four and five so that gives a lot more detail and backstory into those characters and things so a lot of cool things there and then for episode 26 which will be out next Saturday it's going to be an episode all about Count Dooku because a lot of people have asked me about Dooku and like when did he go bad you know in the Phantom Entities never mentioned and then suddenly he's bad in Clone Wars but people don't really know he's bad and then you know, well, that's in Attack of the Clones, and then in Clone Wars, he's really bad, and then obviously, Revenge of the Sith, he gets killed, so it's like, what's all this about? So, there's a, there's a couple of books, and an audio drama, and a few other bits and pieces about Dooku, so if you're interested in knowing some backstory about Dooku, generally, the episodes of Star Wars Comics and Canon are around half an hour to 40 minutes long, so a bit shorter than Genuine Chit Chat, usually. The Q&A episode was almost an hour long, but that's a Q&A special. All the other ones are more sort of bite-sized uh, things. So I just talk about the narrative of the comic, connections to other things, and then normally give little bits of profile about characters. So like the Chewbacca comic I did, I then, the start of it, I spoke about Chewbacca, his age, his family, lots of little other fun facts about Chewbacca before doing the narrative side. But I just kind of talk about what happens in the comics to a degree. They're great if you want to read the comics and read along with it. So I connect all the dots and things a lot more especially with other comics or if you have no interest in reading the comics or you can't afford to or any other reason you don't want to read the comics it's a good way of me explaining the narrative of things without you having to fork out all that money or spend all that time so that's my other show Star Wars Comics and Canon really proud of it I'm happy I've hit the 25th episode I've been doing it for now like half a year which is basically since the start of COVID so that's interesting uh, and I'm really proud of it any of you guys who want to go over there and listen to it I can see the numbers are growing and growing and growing which is always great to see but I really appreciate anyone checking out this show and anyone checking out that show. You know, it means the world to me and it's one of the many reasons I keep on doing it. So thanks to all you guys. Just random milestones of genuine chit-chat being the 100th episode, which is around the 152nd release or something, and uh, Star Wars Comics and Canon being the 25th episode. So three years of genuine chit-chat, half a year of Star Wars Comics and Canon. Let's hope to increase that many, many more years to come. So that's going to be it from me, guys. Uh, thank you so much for listening, as always. I really, really appreciate it. And I'll talk to you guys next week with <laughs> not quite a mystery guest, but we'll see who I end up releasing. <laughs>